everyone, and welcome to the Tiny Reminders Podcast, where we learn big lessons from small voices. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Ward Lupinacci, and it's my job here to create a safe space for kids to explore their own stories and practice hearing their voices in the center of things. It's also my job to listen and help you all listen without judgment, without interruption, without inserting some piece of advice that unknowingly creates a disruption between the kids we're here to learn from and you, the listener. Because what these kids have told me over and over again is that the one thing they would find the most helpful, the most supportive, the most productive, is for all of us to just listen, to really listen, to really try to understand and take seriously the things they think about and experience, the things that keep them up at night, the things they wish we knew about them. And so, listeners, we have some work to do. If you are a grown-up here, and I put that in air quotes because, well, that's debatable probably for most of us most of the time, your work here is to resist the urge to problem-solve or intervene. Your work here is to enjoy the stories of real kids living real lives with big opinions and big ideas and insights. This show is not a reduction of the lived experiences of kids, and it's not a place where we set them up for silly one-liners in the hopes that they'll say the darndest things. Side eye. This is a place where kids get to tell the story. They choose what's important and meaningful. They share the conflict and resolution in their terms, and they choose to bring us, the listeners, to learn alongside them. And if you're here, and you're not yet a grown-up, air quotes, it means you're probably here in solidarity. You're here to learn and relate and know that so much of what you're feeling and experiencing is felt and experienced by someone else. Someone real. Not a character written by an adult, but by an actual kid who is more like you than you probably realized. Or is more different than you realized, which is also really important. It means something. Telling our stories helps us make sense of the world and allows us a space to understand ourselves deeply. That's empowerment, the real kind. Sharing our stories is how we make meaning, together. How we recognized our lived experiences as real and relatable and important. That's community. The kind that opens up pathways for empathy and compassion, both for ourselves and for others. And that's the bigger goal here at Tiny Reminders. For all of us to take some time to listen and learn with empathy and compassion, the big lessons from small voices that just might have some of the wisdom we've been looking for. So in this preview episode, I'd just like to spend some time giving context and some explanation about how this all goes down. Anytime we're doing a project with kids involved, there are obviously extra precautions and procedures in place to make sure that no harm could potentially be done. For the record, I'm a professional. That's a weird thing to say out loud, but it's true. I've been working in therapeutic education for almost 20 years as a special education teacher, behavior specialist, school counselor, child and family therapist, and professor of children's studies. That's a lot of stuff. I have a dual master's degree in school counseling and community counseling and a PhD in cultural studies and education. I currently teach university students using an interdisciplinary framework for understanding childhood, and I have a community practice using kids' yoga and mindfulness as a tool for learning and healing. My research and writing focuses on feminist pedagogy, mindfulness, inclusion, narrative inquiry, and critical discourse analysis, and almost always my primary focus is on children. I've worked with kids all over the U.S. and beyond. 
It's my professional obligation to keep kids safe, and one of the ways I've committed to doing that is to create safe spaces for identity development and expression. That's how Tiny Reminders came to be. I want kids to not only feel empowered to tell their stories, but also get comfortable being heard. I think many of us know this on a pretty deep level, that feeling like your voice deserves to be heard is often a struggle. For many of us, it's hard to take up space. But when you have important things to say, and trust me, you do, it's so, so necessary. We need your voice, and we need it to be yours uniquely. That's how we make big moves and create change and gain momentum, by using our voices. Imagine if you'd started practicing this as a skill to be learned and developed at a young age. How might that have impacted the way you see yourself in the world? And so, we're creating that safe space for kids. But I also want to make sure everyone knows that beyond that, we also take extra care at Tiny Reminders to keep kids safe in more tangible ways. All kids who participate in the podcast have full agency in the development and telling of their stories. We practice consent the whole way through, also an extremely valuable skill. We never use the real names or any other identifying information in our stories. Kids make choices and direct the entire storytelling process, and I want to go through that a bit today too, just so you all get a feel for how this whole thing starts to develop. Uh, the process we use for organizing stories is research-based and also deeply reflective and personal so that kids are learning from it as we go. The first step after we've met someone who wants to share their story is development. Kids are given support and prompts and guidance as needed as they think through the experiences they want to share. We talk, we meet, we write, we create together, all kid-centered, all kid-directed. We give lots of space and time to developing this story. And then we gather. This is where kids get to think more deeply about how they want to tell their story. Do they want to create interview questions and then be interviewed? Do they want to write a narrative account? Would their story best be told through art that they can share and describe to the audience? The possibilities are endless, and this is where we see kids really connect with their identities and begin to own the story as theirs. The last step is actual storytelling, where we record the story to tell it. This looks different for every kid, and for the listener, you'll see that no episodes are exactly the same format. Some kids tell their own stories in their own voices. Some write them and have others read them for the recording. Sometimes we do interviews. Sometimes they sing. Almost always we laugh our way through most of it uh, because stories are funny, even, you know, when parts of them might be sad or hard or confusing. There's so much happening behind the scenes, the reflection and learning and healing and growing are the things you can't really hear but are present in every storytelling process. That's why I wanted to share some of this backstory for you and go through some of the development pieces. And like we've said, consent is practiced the whole way through. Nothing's recorded without permission. Kids have my support as we navigate the emotion of it all together. And parental or guardian consent is always required. Okay, that's enough of the logistics. Now, let's tell a story. For this first episode, I'm reaching into the archives to, t to share a story from my own daughter. It's short and one I wrote and published about four years ago when my oldest daughter was five. You'll probably be hearing from her and my younger daughter a lot throughout this podcast. As you can probably imagine, they have things to say. 
But for this, our very first episode, I'm going to read to you the short piece that ultimately served as the inspiration for this podcast. It's my story and it's her story, and I hope it's a starting place for all of us as we continue to learn from and with the kids that show up here every week to share pieces of themselves with us all. This is called Tiny Reminders. Tiny Reminders. This morning we woke up to our first snowfall of the season in our small lakeside city in Washington State. It's the first week of Thanksgiving break, so all of my family is home today to snuggle and play and be thankful for the warmth of our comfortable home. Today, as we do with all days, we recognize the luck and privilege of being who we are and where we are, particularly given the extremities of trauma and suffering we witnessed far and near recently. Attacks of terror, a Syrian refugee crisis, violent backlash to movements that demand for equality, a change in climate that brings with it massive amounts of destructive weather events. This last summer, our state was engulfed in the flames of quickly spreading wildfires. We spent months in drought-like conditions, unable to take our kids outside for more than 15 minutes at a time because the smoke and heat was unhealthy and unbearable for their little lungs. Last week, our region experienced such a severe windstorm that hundreds of thousands of homes lost power. Thousands of families have been without heat and lights for nearly a week. Public schools remain closed from the damage for what will amount to more than a full school week. The stress seeps in from every direction, slowly filling our spirits in ways we may not even be able to feel, but leave an impact nonetheless. And yet, waking up to a snowy morning, gray skies filled with puffy clouds, windows brightening from the outside in, a sense of slower things and playful things, and little bursts of laughter from the kids who run outside has made our place in the world feel a bit lighter, if even just for the morning. The snowy cold brings the comfort of sharper breaths and gives us all a soft layer of pillow to rest our worries on. I want to say that I came to this on my own, this feeling of slowed down peacefulness and lifted weight, but really it came in the form of a sweet and tiny reminder from the most generous five-year-old I know. I stepped onto my front porch this morning to find one perfect and petite handprint in the snow. Just one. No footsteps around it. No match to it. Just one beautiful imprint. Five perfect little fingers detailing how it feels to be a kid on the first wintry day of the season. I imagine my daughter leaning her weight into the patch of cold, feeling it wet between her bare fingers, evidence to her that this is her home and this snow is hers to touch and hold. When you're five, those things mean more than anything else. I took a picture of the print and then returned to ask her why she did just one. Analia, look at this perfect handprint you made on the front porch. Did you mean to do it just like this? Her round, shining, hazel eyes beamed at me as she responded, Mom, you noticed. I'm so happy you saw it. She went on to explain how she left the handprint in the middle of the front porch, five fingers spread, to make the signal for stop. S-T-O-P. She told me it was to remind us all, when we left the house that day, to stop. And look at the snow. The first day of snow is special, Mom. We have to stop and look and remember it. She explained it slowly, as though my adult mind might need some more time to process a thought so complex. And then she thanked me sincerely for taking a picture. Now we can always remember it, she said. Analia knows very many things for a five-year-old. She knows how to write letters and numbers, how to tell a joke that will make a room full of adults burst into genuine laughter, how to measure the oil and water and crack the eggs to make a cake. But what Analia doesn't quite know is that she's almost always practicing mindfulness. Taking the time to leave us all a reminder to stop 
and look and breathe and remember, using her body to touch the ground and leave her own little mark on the piece of earth that feels like hers. Today, Analia asked for help and reminded us all to do the same. As a child, she knows to observe the world with thoughtful intention in order to learn it. She knows to notice when things are different and how to appreciate them when they make her feel joy and calm. For Analia and all of our children, the days are filled with mindful moments. I'm lucky to have her hand, her spirit, as a reminder that some days are perfect when you stop to look at them closely. Thank you all for being here for our very first intro preview episode of the Tiny Reminders podcast. I'm so thankful to share this space with you all. We'll see you again next week for our first full storytelling episode. I promise you that there are lessons to be learned, lots of laughs and fun and wisdom to be shared. Until then, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Tiny Reminders Podcast or at Mary Ward Lupinacci. And if you know a kid, or if you are a kid, with a story to tell, please feel free to send us an email at tinyreminders at gmail.com. Subject line, Tiny Reminders. The Tiny Reminders podcast is truly a family affair because when you're lucky enough to be surrounded by massively talented people every day, you need to take full advantage of it. My production assistant and sound tech and mix master is Johnny Lupinacci. He's also my husband and does a million other really brilliant things, including being a professor of cultural studies and elementary education and writing books and articles and just being very cool and a very cool dad all the time. All original music for the podcast is by Mark Ward. He's my brother. He also does a million other things and is so talented. I can hardly stand it sometimes, to be honest. You can find him on Spotify, Mark Ward Music. We'll see you next week. I'm so excited to keep sharing with you. Thanks.